Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your grace to us this morning. Help us, Father, to give you the glory that you deserve. Father, please work in our hearts now. Father, please, whatever is going on in our lives, good or bad, difficult, help us to lay it all before you, Lord, and that you would be faithful to work in our hearts now to transform us and draw us closer to you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, please all stand if you are able. Let's sing together of Jesus' amazing grace, God's amazing grace. Who breaks? Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes? Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless and not in wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. Our chaos. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of Glory, the King of Glory. Who rules? Who rules the nations with truth and justice? Shines like the sun in all of His brilliance. The King of Glory, the King above all. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is. Worthy is the Lamb who 
feeling. This is a feeling now that you would take, that you would take my pain. sing this next song, well first off it's called Speak O Lord and the reason that we sing this now is that we would ask the Lord that he would speak to us through his word in the coming message and it truly is as the first verse says, it's a food right? his holy word is food to us it nourishes us and draws us into a closer relationship with him so I pray that his truth would really and genuinely shape and fashion us in his likeness that Christ's life would be known to us in a deeper way than it did just 10 minutes ago. Let's sing together. Help us cross the heights of your 
speak to us through your word now. And Lord, would our hearts be open to you, Father, and spirits moving within us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So at this time, I'd like to dismiss uh, all the one-year-olds through high school students. And uh, if you can, please say good morning to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you. You guys are really quick at saying good morning to each other. <laughs> That's awesome. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to John 17. John 17, and we'll read verses 1 through 26. I'll give a little bit of time if you guys have your, your uh, Bibles, physical Bibles, or if you have your devices. And please read along with me, starting in verse 1, John 17 again. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Verse 9. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. 
Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. 13, but now I am coming to you in these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you have you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me and made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for reading the word to us, and good morning to all of you. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, through the wind and rain, even this late uh, in the year, it, it's kind of strange. Um, and now God has brought the sun out and it is shining. So thank you for being here this morning. If you're visiting with us for the first time, just want to say thank you uh, for spending your Sunday morning with us. You have many choices on where you might be this Sunday, and we're so happy that you chose to be with us today. Hopefully you enjoy your time in worship and in the Word with us, and we look forward to fellowshiping with you afterward. This year we have been in the entire book of John, and we've entitled our series, Treasuring Christ. And so hopefully as you've journeyed along with us uh, from the time we started off in January to now, there is a greater affection and greater desire for our Lord Jesus. And as we get closer to the end, uh, we get closer to uh, the time where Christ will be crucified and rise from the dead. And as we approach this morning, these are some of the final words of Jesus. As he prays to his Father, and then soon he'll be arrested and then crucified. And this is a very famous prayer that we see of Jesus. And so as we come to the Lord's prayer this morning, let's be met with him in prayer as well. Let's go to our Lord. The psalmist said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Father, this morning, help us to come 
and to delight in Jesus. God, give us a greater passion and desire for you. Father, sometimes this world is, is hard and makes it hard to desire you. Whether it's from temptation or the suffering we see in our world or the pain maybe we're even suffering in our own life right now. And Lord, sometimes it's hard to desire our God and our King. And so this morning, if we're in that place, Lord, would you lift us up? Would you help us, God, to see and to long and to love Christ? To cherish you as the greatest treasure, God, of our life and of our hearts because of your love for us, because of the cross, because of the gospel, because you saved us, you redeemed us out of an amazing and extraordinary love for us as a son or a daughter of God. And Lord, if we don't know you, God, would you help us to know you today? Would you give us a, a desire we've never had before in our life to believe in Jesus, to long and to cling to the Son of God. Lord, help us to stay, to desire our Lord. Amen. Well, when I say the Lord's Prayer, what am I talking about? What comes to your mind? Do you automatically think of Matthew 6? Maybe you can recite it by memory. Or maybe you're new to the faith and you have no idea what I'm talking about. My former church was a Presbyterian church, and so Presbyterians are somewhat uh, liturgical, and you can call them stiff or frozen chosen or whatever you might call. There's one in the back there raising his hand. I was one of them, so I can make fun of them. But remember, a better way is to say that they're purposeful in their worship. And so if you go to a Presbyterian church, normally you will recite the Lord's Prayer every Sunday together. And the Lord's Prayer can become routine or it can be old, but I appreciate my Presbyterian friends because they're intentional in their desire to worship God from the Word and from what Jesus had said. And we're addressing a different prayer, but I want to compare the Lord's Prayer to this prayer as we begin our time. And I wanted us to uh, join in together in reciting the Lord's Prayer. We're all Presbyterians this morning. How's that sound? And so if you don't know it, it's up there, and we're going to uh, do that together. So let's, let's uh, try this together. Are you ready? Yes. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the power the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sorry, I messed it up. <laughs> That's great. I felt like I was at my Presbyterian church all over again. But what I want you to do is to look at these words and then compare them to what we're going to have in John 17. And we call Matthew 6 the Lord's Prayer, but when you look at uh, Matthew 6, it's more about Jesus telling us how to pray than actually Jesus' words themselves. And when you compare it to John 17, these are actually the words and the prayers of Jesus. They are the words for himself and for the church and for us. 
And so many scholars have called this, John 17, the Lord's priestly prayer. Because Jesus intercedes on his behalf, his disciples, and for the church. And when it comes down to it, the name really isn't that important. What is important is the words. What is important is what we find in Jesus' prayer. What is he praying for? And what, more importantly, what is at the heart of the Savior? What does Jesus desire for the church, for you and I? What does he want from you? And if these are Jesus' desires and hopes, then we must ask ourselves, are these our desires and hopes and dreams? Do we have the same desires as Jesus? Think about it for yourself. Do you desire his glory or your own? whether at work or at home or at school? Do you desire Jesus' words over your own words? Do you think about your own words more than his words? Do you come to church this morning so consumed with life that you just want to slide in and then slide out? Are you more concerned about what you will receive from church rather than what you can give to church? Sadly, we can all become very self-consumed. We are silly and selfish, sinful human beings with broken minds and hearts. And that's why we need Jesus' prayer. We need his words. And as he presents them to us this morning, we are to answer the question, what does, desire of, what does God desire of his church? What does Jesus pray for? What does he want from you and from me? Well, if you want to follow along, there's a handout in your program. And the first truth that we find is that God desires the church to seek his glory. His glory is really his greatness. God wants every believer to know and to see and to experience the glory and the wonder and the splendor of our God. We are to be wowed by him. It is in the nature of our God to want his own splendor, his own praise, as only God would want and only as God can. And so God desires the church to seek his greatness. That's the first point. If you have your Bibles or devices, you can turn to John 17, verses 1 to 5 for the first point. John is the fourth gospel in the New Testament, and I'll be reading from the ESV Bible. John 17, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given, and this is eternal life, that they may know that you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in my own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus first lifts up his eyes to his Father in, in heaven and calls out, Father. He recognizes the gravity and finality of his words as he says, the last hour has come. This is a very precious moment between Jesus and his Father as it is the fourth quarter and the shot clock is coming down for Jesus. It is crunch time. There's a deep sense of the weight upon his shoulders as he'll go to the cross. He'll be arrested very soon, tried, convicted, and put to death. The prayer is filled with a desire for his own glory 
and the glory of his Father. It is an exclusive glory only given to him by the Father in the Godhead. The word there in the Greek is doxa, and it can be translated as splendor or honor. It carries this idea with someone being clothed in great splendor like a king, to be wrapped around in honor and praise. That Jesus asked for all eyes to behold him as the king of glory and the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the only one, the one true God, as he says in verse 3. Now, this is nothing new in the Gospel of John, as if you've been journeying along with us. From the very beginning of John, Christ was seeking the glory of God. As it says in John 1:14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the very beginning, he is the transcendent God wrapped in human flesh for all of us to see and to want and to desire. And then Jesus furthers on about his own glory throughout the book of John in his famous I am statements. He proclaimed them again and again of his glory and for us to see it. And let me review those for you. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the one who will satisfy your heart and your soul. I am the satisfier of your very soul. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the perfect one. I am without sin. He said, I am the door. I am the savior. Then he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the protector and guardian over your life. Then Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the life giver. I am the redeemer of your soul. Then he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way to salvation. And then finally he said, I am the true vine. I'm the one who gives life to all. I'm the source of life. Over and over again, Jesus is making clear, if you didn't get it the first time, there is no one like him. He's proclaiming, saying it, and proving it, and he will ultimately prove it on the cross and then through the tomb to rise again, that he is the greatest of all time, and there is no one like him. He is the infinite God of the universe, the savior of the world, the sustainer of our soul forever and ever and ever. Amen? Well, if you're a sports fan like me, then you might understand the concept of GOAT, right? The greatest of all time. And let me give you a few examples. We can debate whether I'm right on these examples or not. Greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. The greatest wide receiver, I know, saying that in this part of the world doesn't make sense, right? How about this? The greatest wide receiver of all time, Jerry Rice. Yes. The greatest leadoff hitter, my favorite of all time, Ricky Henderson, Oakland's finest. And of course, the greatest shooter of all time, Steph Curry. We can all agree on that, I think. As humans, we love to watch and we love to be mesmerized by feats of man. If you watch sports and you cheer and you scream for your favorite player, maybe you did so last night. And that same feeling and that same desire was put there by God. Yet we are created not to praise man, but to praise the glory of our God. You see, God has placed in every human heart the longing for greatness, the greatness of God. 
So the question for us is that that same awe that you have over sports or the arts or over the movies or whatever, do you have the same feeling for God? Do you fall in love with the glory of God or the glory of man? Do you wake up every morning seeking more of Jesus or more of this world? Do you end your days watching sports figures or celebrities more than the greatest figure of all time? Do you desire for your own glories of success or comfort or prestige at home with your kids or at work, in your workplace, with your coworkers, or even here at church, wanting the attention from fellow believers, brothers and sisters? Humbly, I admit there are many days when I seek my own glories and I seek the glories of man over God. And Sally, the very thing that my heart wants and our heart wants is not more of this world, not more of feats of man jumping out of a building, but of the God of the cross who died for us. That is the attention, that is the greatness that we want and we long for. Jonathan Edwards put it well, God's purpose for my life is that I have a passion for God's glory and that I have a passion for my joy in that glory, and that you become one. That the more that I see the glory of God, the more that I will have joy and delight in my life. That's what Jesus is saying here. That is what Jesus prays for, that we have that same passion for him. That we are awed and wowed by his accomplishments and who he is from the beginning of time through scripture, through the cross and through his resurrection into now. And so in seeking the glory of God, it will change everything for our good and for his glory. That's the first point. God desires the church to seek his glory. The second point that we see in this passage is that God desires the church to be transformed by the word of God. God desires people to be changed not by the power or effort of man or themselves, by the Bible Jesus prays that we all come to desire and to grow in the absolute truth and the inerrant word of the scriptures. The church must be transformed by his word. Look at verses 6 to 8. I manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. There's such security in the prayer of Jesus as he prays for them. Verse 7, now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. He's praying for his disciples and that they have known the truth. They have known the word of God. Look at verse 12. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Let's stop there. Jesus switches from praying about his own glory, and now he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for protection for them from Satan, and that they would be further uh, growing in the truth of God, that they are saved by the power of God through the work of the cross, and they are also saved by the power of the word of God. It is the truth that will be the anchor for their souls, both then and for eternity. And Jesus knows this and understands this because many of the disciples will lose their life for their faith. And so it is the truth, the very words of God, that will hold them and ground them 
and guard them through trials. And yet in verse 12, he talks about this one disciple, son of destruction. And who is that? We are to know that as, as Judas. And unfortunately, Judas is sadly a, a negative example of one who strayed from the truth. Judas is a sober reminder of a life that only wanted riches on this earth. He wanted a few silver coins. And so his life stands like a mirror for us to look at ourselves and to look uh, for the church to look at itself that sometimes we too can fall away from the truth of God. People, even churches, have fallen to the lies of just emotion or relevance or tolerance over the word of God. The truth has been minimized in our world today to, to only a matter of what matters to me or for me. And thus, we become, the individual becomes the determiner and the definer of truth rather than God. And this might be true for some of us. Hopefully it's not. But there are so many times when we fall captive to our culture and feelings and thoughts and emotions rather than the word of God. And so what are we to do then? How are we to respond? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in verses 13 to 19. Look there with me. But now I am coming to you, and these things I have spoken in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the, word, the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. In verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus prays for his disciples to have joy, joy in truth, that the word of God is their delight and their happiness. It is not a kill joy. It is not to rain on our party or our parade. It is not just a list of do's or don'ts. It is not to suck the life out of us, but it is to give us what true life is is meant to be. And when we embrace the truth of God, we find the joy of God as well. Just as we embrace the glory of God, we find the joy of God too. And that joy and that truth will set us free. It will set us free from sin, from brokenness, from our fallenness, and from danger into a whole new world of living for God. And then Jesus reiterates that in verse 17, as he said, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. The little translation there is to set something aside for a special use. Think about the china that you might have, and you, you reserve that for a very, very special occasion. Or maybe there's a special outfit that you wear that you like only for that right occasion. That's the idea that Jesus is saying here. The word sets us apart to be otherworldly, out of this world, holy, sanctified for a greater purpose. And that sanctification is not perfect. It's growing and it's maturing. It, is both, uh, it takes both time and effort for God to mature us in the word of God. But we must be in it. Otherwise, we will never grow. Pastor Kent Hughes observed many Christians, and he said this, It is possible to go from the womb to the tomb and to be a hermit concealed in a container with just fish stickers on it. Pastor Hughes points out that it's often that Christians look just like the world. 
that we have the same passions, lifestyles, and appearances because we never allow this to alter our life. We never allow this to transform us. We never get into it so that it would radically move us to a better place. Well, I have to give you an example from my own life, right? And this year has been a very different year for me, if you did not know. I take a new role here at the church, which I'm humbly um, honored to take as a lead pastor. And as I began my time, my prayer to the Lord was this. Lord, give me the heart of David and give me the wisdom of Solomon. That was my prayer that God laid on my heart. That those are two great leaders in scripture, and so I wanted to have the heart of David and to be wise as Solomon is, was the wisest king of all. And so I began my year by reading the Psalms because many of the Psalms are written by David. And now I am uh, reading the Proverbs. Hopefully I can be wise like Solomon. I'm far from that. But as I was reading the Psalms, I began to see voids in my own heart, a desire for God that wasn't truly there, that needed to be there. And Jesus wasn't on my lips as often as I wanted him to be because he wasn't as often on my heart. And I say this because it, it would show itself in uh, my time with the Lord and me singing praise songs throughout my day. There was a time when that was a consistent part of my life, and I began to see that it was no longer there. It hit me at retreat, and then uh, during that time I was reading Psalms, I was at the 100th Psalm, 100th Psalm. And this is what the 100th Psalm says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth and serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. And I was humbled by that because that gladness, that joy of singing of the Lord was absent in my life. And it was funny. It was like God was like, it took a hundred psalms for you to understand that. That's pretty humbling, right? But I praise God that he got me there and that there is a new joyful noise in my life. And there is a new joyful noise in my house. And it really hit me too when, when I was singing those songs and then I began to hear these little voices singing those songs. That my kids were singing them too. And Jesus wants to do the same for us, for you and I. And so I ask you, what era of your life needs sanctifying? What part of your heart is God tugging on to that he needs to change your lifestyle? He needs to alter your relationships, your thoughts, or your actions to set you free from anxiety, from pain, from suffering, and from sin. You know, the other thing is, if you've never been changed or transformed by the word of God, if it's never spoken to you, then maybe you don't believe in Jesus because the Holy Spirit has not entered in your life. And if that's you and, and you desire to learn and to grow and to hear from God, then come to faith in Jesus today. Come and know that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he loves you and he offers eternal life and a transformed life if you're willing to follow him. It is for all of us to see that the word of God is not a restriction, but that it is a freedom. And it frees us to change our everything <laughs> 
for our good and for his glory, and that we might be a type of church that desires to be centered on the word and to be transformed by it. So far, we've seen two things. God desires the church to seek his greatness and to seek his word. And the third and final point is that God desires the church to be unified in his love. Out of the love of God and out of the word of God comes this amazing love. The church is to be unified around a love for Jesus. This is our testimony and this is our witness, that we love Christ above all other things. Look at the final verses in verses 20 to 26 for this final point. Verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. You see the unity that God asks for here. Verse 23, I in them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them as well. Jesus' prayer goes from his own glory to the word, to his disciples, and now to the church, to all believers who might come to faith in Christ. And his final prayer is about unity. It is about being centered on the glory of God and the word of God which encompasses the love of our Savior. Verse 22 says, The glory of God it is in perfect unity and the communion of Christ and the Father together as one. If you think about the Godhead, there is no selfish ambition, there's no maneuvering for power, there is no jockeying for a higher position. It is a perfect oneness together. And in that perfect oneness is a perfect love. The Father perfectly loves his Son. And the Son lovingly submits to his Father. And the Spirit of God works together in perfect harmony with both to love the world. And Jesus said that this love is a love from the very beginning of time. Before eternity, Jesus chose to die. He chose to be crucified. He chose to love you and to take your sin away. He chose to submit himself to the crushing blow of his Father out of an amazing love for you. This is the gospel, and this then is the centerpiece of the church and of our lives. And Jesus prays for this perfect love to be the unifying factor of every church and of our church. And what I like about here is that Jesus doesn't pray that our love become the unifying factor. He prays that his love would become the unifying factor of the church because as we pursue the glory of God rather than the glory of man an individual dies and a unity grows as the church cherishes the word of God it is unified in the truth and the truth brings us together 
And then we are all drawn closer in love with our Savior. This reminded me of an old camp song. And you probably might know it. You probably sung it if you've gone to Mount Hermon or Winter Vision. And I'm going to elicit some help this morning. The worship team said, you need help today because I can't lead worship. You all know that. Um, and so uh, Pastor Josh is going to come and, and help us and lead us in this song. Do you know this song? Deep, deep, oh, deep down, down in my heart. Right? And maybe, again, you've sung it before, and so what we're going to do is uh, to sing it together, and Pastor Josh is going to do a better job in leading than I did uh, in the first service, and there is a response there for all of us uh, when you say, when it asks, do you love Jesus, and you all say, yes, I love my Jesus, deep down in my heart, and you can join in, you can do the hand motions, I forgot the hand motions, Um, but Pastor Josh, take it away. You can listen to the tape if you want to be humored. But do you see how that works? The more that we are in love with Jesus, the greater glory our King gets. The more that we praise and we honor Jesus, the deeper we are brought together. The more we enjoy our Savior, the more we love one another. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, unless I can leave off loving Jesus, I can't cease loving those around me. You see, if, if I love Jesus, then there's no way I won't love my brother or my sister. If I love Jesus, there's no way I won't love my spouse better. If I love Jesus, there's no way I won't love my kids If I love Jesus, there's no way I won't love my neighbor as myself. If you love Christ, then you will love one another. And this is Jesus' prayer. This is his focus for the church. Sadly, I've seen it so many times when those who stray away from the love of God and walk in disobedience only to hurt themselves and many times to hurt the church simply because they seek their own glory. Just read church history or maybe hear stories from others. And if that's you, I'm sorry that that's been your church experience. But we pray, and our leadership team prays here at San Lo, that it would be a safe and secure community, a home for you to wonder and see the greatness and the glory of our God, and to see that we are committed to the truth of God, to the scriptures which holds us and binds us to his great and amazing love. And so that then the world would know the name of Jesus Christ. 
This is what Jesus prayed for. This is what we hope for at San Lo. This is what God hopes for for every church. This is what he prayed so that the world would be changed. And this is what he said in many respects. I desire for you, my church, to see my glory and my word in order that you might be united in my love. And let us respond to Jesus' prayer with a resounding amen. An amen to seek his glory and not our own. An amen to seek the word of God and not the world. An amen to be loving Jesus every single day. And when we do, we will begin to see what Jesus prayed for. We'll begin to see the church moved in a way that it never has before. And we pray, O oh Lord, that that would be true for San Lo, for our community so that he would change our world and the world around us forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord, help us to desire you. Lord, help us to love you. God, forgive us when we don't. For God, forgive us when we desire things of this world more than you. Father, forgive us when we desire our own ambition. Than our own. Than your own. Father, help us to stay, Lord. Desire our King and the splendor. And Lord, it is seen and revealed through the cross through the gospel, that you truly love us despite our sin, despite our waywardness at times, because you paid it all for us. And because of that, we can come boldly and humbly before our God, setting down our crowns to raise up yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Right now, we have the opportunity to continue our worship through the giving of our offering. And as we sing this song, will we lay ourselves before the Lord, submitting to his will, to his truth. Fall down. We fall. 
season through thick and thin, Lord, that we can know you, Father, and that would be our grace. Lord, many of us this morning come from different places in our lives, um, maybe celebrating joys and hurt, or dealing with hurts. So, Father, please meet us where we're at. richness of your truth would speak joy and truth and grace into our lives this morning. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you can, please rise if you're able to sing these last couple of songs together. And we'll sing the joy that we have because Jesus has truly paid it all for us. hear the same say
Praise God.
So at this time, we have the opportunity to continue our worship this morning through these announcements. And as announcements, it's easy for us to kind of tune out and say, okay, that doesn't really have anything to do with worship. But really, this is an opportunity for us to hear of uh, like invitations to worship either in here in the church or outside of the church. So here, uh, this first uh, announcement this morning is Bible 101. Right, Bible 101. So it's a really uh, neat adult Sunday school uh, class that'll just dive in deeper into the Bible. So if you've ever wanted to just learn more uh, about what the Bible says about who God says He is, uh, whether you're a new believer or you've uh, you've been around the block a few times, uh, this is your opportunity. So we actually just started today, but don't feel like oh no, I missed out. You can still join in next week because we'll be going through the summer. Uh, with this. So if you have any questions, please see Justin uh, Lewis. And if you don't know who that is, I can direct you to him. Uh, so just find me afterwards. Uh, next up is uh, ballots. So if you are a church member, uh, you should have received a ballot either here in person or in the mail, or if you're missing something, if you're missing, you can you can talk with uh, Stan Naruo. But uh, Ben Wu and Pastor Brian have been nominated to uh, serve on the elder board. So this is just a vote of confirmation, affirmation kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, if you have one of these ballots, please turn it in by next Sunday. Uh, and again, if you have questions, please see Stan. So at this time, we have the opportunity to continue our worship service uh, through praise and prayer, uh, right, that we as a church can share uh, uh, praises, joys of what's going on in our lives, but also if there are any uh, sorrows or sufferings or anything going on that we can ask prayer for. Um, this is your opportunity to come up here, uh, just share your name and keep it brief so that others may have the opportunity to share. We'll continue on. Thank you. Good morning, church. Um, Sheldon, it's good to be back among you again. Um, First of all, thank you again for your continued prayers for myself and my wife. Um, just to update about her, um, she does have a compression fracture again um, that sometimes um, really bothers her uh, a lot and some other days she's, she's okay. But um, I'd like to ask for your prayers. Um, this Thursday and Friday she will be starting uh, a next round of chemo treatment. This is gonna be a little different than what she's been having the last seven years. Uh, this one's gonna be an infusion, and uh, infusion basically is an IV bag that's, uh, that has the chemical in there to help battle her multiplying loma. Um, this uh, rat, the, well, first of all, they need to find out whether or not how well can she tolerate it. So it's gonna be in two sessions, this Thursday and Friday, starting at nine o'clock and I believe each session is gonna last roughly about three hours. Uh, if she handles it well, then the next round, the next time she has it will be uh, probably just once, but um, again, I don't know how long it's gonna take. So just pray for her that, um, that the side effects will be minimal um, and uh, that she'll be able to tolerate um, the chemo treatment. It's similar to what Pastor Rod is going through right now. Thank you.
It's good to see you back, Sheldon. We missed you uh, for these weeks, and we miss your fellowship, and we're uh, continuing to pray for your wife, uh, Susan, and uh, all that she's going through. This morning, there was another uh, prayer request. Uh, Nick and Angel will be getting married next week, and so um, please pray for them, and pray for Angel's adjustment to come here as she's leaving her church um, that she's at now, and will be transitioning, which will be... Um, uh, hard for her as she loves the church that she's at, but hey, this is a better place to be, right? <laughs> no, I know Angel, I can say that. Um, but we will, you know, so I say that to um, uh, not make fun, but to really encourage her as she comes. Um, and if you can, reach out. Uh, and he praised God as well for the work that he's been going through. He's actually been working overtime uh, at PG&E, and he'll have this week off now, so he's thankful for that. Also, continue to pray for Ron and Coco and his treatment. Uh, and uh, he was with us at a pastor's meeting this past week, and he has good days and he has um, rough days. So continue to lift them up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for the body of Christ. That as we learned today, that um, you prayed for us and we can pray for one another. We're thankful, Lord, that you continue to uplift us and our soul and our life. And you are caring for Sheldon and for Susan and for her treatment that's coming this week. Lord, we pray that uh, this new uh, chemo treatment goes well and is successful, that her body can handle it so that the cancer would uh, be treated and hopefully removed. God, we thank you that you are the great physician Lord God, and you love her dearly and that you would meet her, God, in moments of discomfort to give her relief, hope, and assurance and faith that you are guiding her and Sheldon as well. Father, Lord, we lift up Nick and Angel to you. We're excited for them, Lord God, as they take this step into marriage and Lord, we thank you that you helped carry Nick uh, through his work um, that has been very stressful as he's been working overtime and Saturdays to finish this project. And pray that you might be with them this week with all of the um, other things and things to think about for this day. And that it would be a glorious day. And yet, Lord, help them to focus not on just one day, but a lifetime of marriage and love that you have brought them together as one, one in Christ. Lord, we thank you for Angel, God. We pray for her transition from Resonate to San Lo. Help us, Lord, as a body to encourage her in that, as I know it's hard to leave a place that you love. Father, we continue to pray for Pastor Rod and for Coco as he goes through his treatment and as he um, seeks different treatments coming down uh, in the next few months with surgery and then a transplant in the future. Or may you ease their anxiety, their uncertainty to what is ahead. May you give them peace and rest in your presence, O Lord. And may that be true for all of us, Lord, this week, that we can walk in the peace of God because you have offered that to us and given it to us through your Son, 
And Lord, that you would encourage us, Lord, in our hearts, God, to be more attentive to the Holy Spirit's leading and to your word. That you would grow within us a greater desire and affection for Jesus because of your great love for us, Lord God, so that we might give that to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Please say hi to the person next to you, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Without you, I fall.